0: grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, I guess Jesus isn't wasting any time. Last week after he hears of St. John the Baptizer's arrest, he calls his first four disciples. And now he and the disciples are down the road in Jesus' new home and base of operations in Capernaum. And they do what any faithful person would do. They go to church. They go to the synagogue. Jesus, as rabbi, was teaching. I think we often forget that Jesus was a teacher. But that is exactly what his title, rabbi, means. Yet he wasn't just any pastor or teacher. And Mark, along with Matthew, says that the people were... Astonished at Jesus' teaching. Astonished. A more literal translation for that word astonished in the Greek would be something like out of their heads. They were out of their heads at Jesus' teaching. (laughs) Now that's funny right there. Usually people would say that their pastor is out of his head. You didn't think I heard that, did you? (laughs) Or that he drove the congregation crazy, making them lose their heads. But Jesus' teaching had the congregation, had the people in attendance astonished, out of their heads. Yet it wasn't because of his awesome dad jokes or cool stories. No, they were astonished because Jesus taught them as one who had authority. In other words, he didn't speak to them as other rabbis did. He didn't speak to them as the scribes did. Or probably even as the prophets did. Instead, he spoke to them as one who was authorized to speak directly to them. As if he was God Himself. In fact, St. Luke's Gospel, uh, in that Gospel, Jesus' affordative teaching actually gets him in trouble. There, he's in his other hometown, Nazareth. And he reads a prophecy from the book of Isaiah and tells them that the prophecy was fulfilled in their presence. Any other rabbis you think would go that far? Needless to say, they were out of their heads about it. As they ran him to the end of town to stone him to death. But don't worry, he escaped. He was okay. Jesus' authority was hard for people to understand and to accept. I think Jesus' authority is hard for us to understand and to accept as well. When Jesus says, you are forgiven, as he did this morning through your pastor, do we deny it? There are some who do. The pastor doesn't have the authority to do that. Only God can forgive. Well, God has given that authority to His church, and through His church to the pastor. And so the pastor does what he is authorized to do. And he says, in the stead and by the command of my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I forgive you. When Jesus says in the that He is physically in the supper. We doubt it. I mean, it looks like bread, tastes like bread, looks like wine, tastes like wine, smells like wine. And Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood. We doubt it. Many in Christianity do. When he says, he saves us through baptism, we disagree. Maybe not us here, but Christianity at large, much of them disagree. Baptism doesn't save you. Again, only God can save you, not water. But again, it is God working through that water who does the saving. When Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you, lo, I am with you always to the ends of the age. How often do we feel alone? How often, when it comes to our relief, our our forgiveness, our salvation, we turn to other things? Look at this there was at least one person in that synagogue that day that recognized, understood, and accepted and feared Jesus' authority. Because as Jesus was teaching, every pastor's nightmare happens. A demon-possessed man cries out in the middle of the sermon. Don't get any ideas. But he recognized Jesus' Authority, and he says, "What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us?" I know who you are, the Holy One of God. That would be a little spooky. Now, before we continue, we need to, I think, clear something up. As postmodern, enlightened, educated Americans. Not only do we not accept, understand, or recognize Jesus' authority, we do not, (laughs) we also do not have time for talk about demons, spiritual warfare, or the supernatural. Those are the things of Hollywood, not for real life. But I assure you, demonic activity is real. Demonic possession is real demonic oppression is real demonic influence is real our mortal enemies our sin death and the devil and all of his hordes no science can help us here unfortunately it can't help us because those things cannot be measured mapped, organized, etc. But to deny them is to deny Scripture. Now, we all want to believe in angels, right? That's the easy one. Because they are helpful. They're good. We all want our own personal guardian angel to watch over us we don't want an evil demon lurking over us. We don't want them around because they are destructive and they are evil. Unless we sin, and then we like to say, well, the devil made me do it. But. And to, exist, to, to suggest such beings exist and influence, possess, and torment humanity, well, you say that out loud get you some odd looks and fewer invitations to birthday parties. But as you know, demons are, in fact, angels. Fallen angels. Rebellious angels. Instead of being messengers of God, they are messengers of Satan, the accuser, the father of lies, deceit, and deception. They like us, were created by God in perfection. But they, like us, turn their backs on God. If you really think about it, and this is also kind of spooky, we actually have a lot in common with the demons in those respects. Yet every time there's a baptism in the church, in our baptismal rite, we acknowledge their influence. As we ask the baptized to renounce the devil, his works, and all his ways. That is, in fact, an exorcism of sorts. Our brothers and sisters in many foreign countries, especially Africa and South America, attest to the commonality of the presence of such things as demons. Even our own Missouri Synod missionaries have stories concerning the existence of these things. And yes, even I too have been a part of exorcisms and homes of individuals and, believe it or not, even a church. Most of the experiences were subtle, even mundane. Yet while I haven't yet had the full-out Hollywood experience with demons, thankfully, I will attest that they are real and they are active. And it is spooky. In fact, it is customary during this time of year, during the season of Epiphany, for Christians to have their pastors bless their homes. Because this is the season in which we remember the wise men coming to the home of the infant, the baby Jesus. Yes, we Lutherans do that. The house blessing is a form of exorcism, but it is also a form of dedication, as those who live in a home give themselves their resources and their home to God and for his use of love, charity, and hospitality. Well, we see demonic influence, both in our gospel reading and in our epistle reading today. And again, thankfully, I've never had the experience that Jesus had with a possessed person interrupting a sermon. But notice that the people in our reading this morning are are astonished at Jesus' teaching. Yet while the congregation was out of their heads, it is a demon-possessed man who clearly and succinctly proclaims who that teacher really is. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The ones who have tormented mankind, even in the Garden of Eden, are the first to speak up when Jesus begins his ministry. This is a very common theme in Mark, by the way. Which is one reason I want to address it very much today. Jesus does more work with demon possession in the Gospel of Mark than he does in any of the other three. This demon-possessed man, however, immediately does recognize Jesus' authority. But it wasn't Jesus' words that affected him, like it did the people in the congregation. It wasn't his words. Instead, it was Jesus himself that puts this evil spirit on edge. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? Jesus then rebukes the demon and casts it out of that poor fellow. It is then that the people are really out of their heads. What is this? They cry out. A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. Imagine that. The people in our Old Testament reading today asked that God's power and authority be removed from them to some extent. It was too much for them to handle to hear from God directly. God agreed and gave them the prophets to speak his words to the people. Yet the people, if you know the Old Testament, They ignored, rebuked, and even persecuted the prophets. They asked for them, and they persecuted them. So, if you think about it, because of their sinfulness, God's voice coming directly to them was too much for them. Then, God's voice coming to them through an intermediary was too much for them. So, God, what does He do? He ends up cutting off communication with them altogether. For around 400 years, the scriptures are silent. But in our reading today, all heaven is about to break loose. See what I did there? Here's the thing the demons know it. The spiritual realm knows what's going on, something's up. God be praised. No wonder the people were out of their heads. It had been so long since anyone had heard a true prophet speak with words directly from God. But even more than that, they were actually hearing the voice of God Himself again. Imagine showing up to church and having that happen. The people didn't know what to do with it. The demons didn't know what to do with it. Jesus had them on the ropes and they knew it. There in their presence was the Lion of the tribe of Judah. A prophet, a priest, a king. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The people couldn't stop talking about what Jesus said and what He did. Jesus went totally viral. People all over were talking about it. His fame spread throughout the region. My friends, this is your Jesus. Your God and your Savior. The one who, when he shows up, the demons tremble. The one who conquers sin, death, and all the devils. St. John, in the beginning of his gospel, says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is your Jesus. This is your Savior, the Rescuer of your souls. The Lion and the Lamb. Amen. They were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority. Amen.